0: blog talk radio Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. Help for HD Live is made possible by an education grant from Chava Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I am your host, Katie Jackson, and I am very excited to be back. I have um, have not done the radio show for the last six weeks because there has been complications with my husband. Um, So this is my very first show back i in about a month and a half, so, and it seems just appropriate that I get to uh, interview Seth. I actually wasn't supposed to do this interview, so, uh, but uh, Lauren had, has a crisis at work, so she called me and said, can I, you do this? And I said, absolutely, it's Seth. I can, we can pull this off. So, uh, <laughs> bear with us, because we are kind of going through the script together uh, for the first time, but, um, uh, the questions, but um, if anyone can do it, Seth and I can pull this off, so, Seth is a motivational speaker and rare disease advocate who is passionate about using his personal experience to support the health community. His passion is driven by his mother's 17-year battle with a rare genetic disease known as Huntington's disease. At the age of 20, Seth, Seth also tested positive for the disease and, he is, and, and is a gene carrier. He has been involved in the HD community for 10 years and sits on the board of trustees for the Huntington's Disease, disease Youth Organization, HDO. He is a nonprofit leader and over the last nine years of experience in patient advocacy within rare disease spaces. He has a successful track record of public speaking. I hope everyone has seen his TEDx talk. It is fantastic. Seth, uh, Seth has kind of been involved in a lot of things uh, lately and helping different communities, not only the HD community, but different rare disease communities and a lot of stuff he's done um, has been really amazing. So now we get to hear about a new thing that Seth's doing. Um, and I actually, this is brand new to me too, so I'm excited to hear for the first time as well as our listeners. So welcome to the show, Seth.
1: Thanks, Katie. I, I'm excited to, to be back and to chat with you, Uh, I guess welcome back for you as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's a perfect show, my buddy. So let's talk first and say, um, if it was like a pharmaceutical company, I'd be shaking right now, but it looks like we're actually talking about a new company. So tell us about our odyssey.
1: Sure. So the idea behind our odyssey really started after doing my TEDx talk when I realized that there is this unmet need for social-emotional support specifically geared towards young adults impacted by a rare or chronic condition. And of course I know that there's HDO for the Huntington's disease space, but what I also realized was that there wasn't really much year-round support, uh, whether that was in-person meetups, online support, Specifically geared towards the set of needs for young adults, and what really helped me growing up was at first I I felt like that sense of isolation when I first learned my mom had Huntington's disease, and I had no one really to talk to about it until I met my first other young person when I was twenty, actually right before I tested and realized wow there's there's other young adults out there, and that's when I got involved with the National Youth Alliance, which supports you know young people. Um, especially at the HSA convention, and then got more involved with HDO, and that really helped shape, you know, my mindset of, well, there's a bigger need out there, and again, like I said, I did my TEDx talk in 2018, and started connecting with young adults from now about over 55 different rare chronic conditions, and the reason I bring up chronic is my my now co-founder, her name's Christina, she has type 1 diabetes. And so we realized it wasn't just the rare space that was being impacted by this unmet need of social emotional support, but it was chronic conditions such as diabetes and lupus and arthritis and a lot of any, pretty much many different autoimmune conditions itself. So after recognizing that, we realized let's let's start something, let's make something happen out of our story, but also the story of many other young adults who are trying to figure out those next steps, especially with transitional parts of their life, whether that's dating, going into college, career, family planning, you know, Mm -hmm. finding that peer support, how to transition into your own health insurance. I mean, these are huge topics that aren't being discussed. And that's something that we want to, you know, break down that that gap and and make that change.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've done so much lately, like, um, and I just know this from, from uh, being your friend and and seeing you on social media and stuff, you have done so much um, learning, uh, getting involved in organizations that, um, that support multiple diseases. So like you have been to global genes and you worked with global genes, you worked with, you know, all these different rare disease, um, organization. So I can imagine you've made a lot of connections and you've heard a lot of stories and you've learned a lot about um, different communities and how they go about support and or lack thereof.
1: Yeah, and again, it, the, the biggest thing that, you know, myself and, and my co-founder Christina always want to emphasize is we're not trying to take away from from other nonprofit organizations and we're also not trying to reinvent the wheel. So there's something actually similar to what we're doing that occurred in the cancer space called stupid cancer, which actually supports young adults uh, who either currently I believe diagnosed with cancer or are cancer survivors. So we're like, well, let's use that similar model because it's, it's grown dramatically and let's, you know, apply that to the rare and chronic communities. But more importantly, our goal is to really provide that, that, Support and, and those services to the young adults to eventually empower them to get more involved within their own disease-specific community. So it's really saying, hey, how can we help these other nonprofits take something off their plate? Help you know connect their young adults to other peers going through similar challenges. Connect them to educational material that's going to help them overall improve quality of life. And I mean that's our mission right there, Katie, is, is to connect young adults impacted by a rare chronic condition to social emotional support in hope of improving quality of life with a, you know, a long-term goal is to, to reach young adults nationwide and maybe even at one day globally and saying, Hey, this is not just the way to meet in person and network with your peers and, you know, kind of feel that normalcy again, but it's also an opportunity to connect online as well and keep the conversations going mm-hmm. throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And that
0: was like kind of my next question. So, so this will be, um, a community that, uh, or a support, um, uh, it's a nonprofit, right? You're getting your full status, 501c3, nonstop. it'll be a full nonprofit.
1: That's correct, yeah. So file oh, awesome. the 1023 form, and yeah, we are mm-hmm. just in the process mm-hmm. of waiting to hear back. Yep, yep.
0: I know that process when I filed it for Help for HD. I remember that process <laughs> very well. Um, and then... Um, and so it will be kind of – so the support will be offered from uh, my MyOdyssey uh, virtually as well as physically.
1: Yeah, so for our Odyssey, we definitely want to provide that, that support both in person as well as online. The reason also why online – and we want to kind of do it through video conferencing so it gives people the opportunity to see each other in person and, and connect that way. <laughs> but it's also to, to reach a larger audience because I'll give you an example. <laughs> if someone has cystic fibrosis, they may they can't be in, in contact with someone else with cystic fibrosis for the most part. And so we want to make sure that people who are unable to make the in-person meetups um, aware of this, but that's also why we're calling it meetups because we don't want to make it too formal. We don't want it to sound like, oh, it's a poor mm-hmm. group. Oh, I got to go to this group thing again. But it's like, hey, I want to go meet up with my, my cool cool new friends or I want to go connect about these challenges I've been dealing with of how to talk to other friends outside of my health Mm -hmm. space about this, or how do I, you know, talk to someone on a first date or second date, or how do I, you know, talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, my health insurance. So these are just specific topics that Mm -hmm. we want to really dive into. But then more importantly, we want to really enhance the opportunity for for this new generation Mm -hmm. of young adult leaders in the health community as a whole. I mean, these are the people who are going also to eventually participate in some clinical trials who may be taking some of these drugs that get FDA approved. Yet what we also Mm -hmm. realized is that their voices aren't always being heard when it comes to clinical trial development and how to go about getting access to these drugs. Um, I was actually at a conference um, for a rare disease and I was speaking at it, and what I learned was that these young young adults who had to take this this drug, this one of the side effects was a bad odor. And in my head, I'm thinking,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well,
1: that's that's tough. Imagine that, Katie, if you're 18, 19, you're trying to go out and meet people, and you have this odor, and now you have to carry gum or mint around, or saying, "Hey, I, I'm going to skip a dose because I want to feel normal and I don't want to be judged right away," you know, going into college or going to a new job, and so. These are things that we want to help, you know, change and help, you know, change that status quo mm-hmm. of saying, hey, we want to bring young adults' voices in, implemented early on in clinical trial development, clinical trial design, but also make them more aware of how clinical trials work, how the FDA works, mm-hmm. um, and overall drug development. Because if, if they can't get access to the proper drugs, it's not going to, it's overall going to have a negative impact on their quality of life and how they live each day. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I and, and East opening, I forget what disease uh, that is. Um, I actually, I, I had yeah, a you'll,
1: you'll, so you may know it, Katie, because it was a drug that was a, that actually for, for Huntington. Um, yeah, yeah, it was for Huntington it was through yeah. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Through Raptor. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, yep, yep. I
0: was when I was over at Raptor with Ben Kadu. I remember meeting um, the family of the twins that went through the um, the the clinical trial and all the way through. And I think that was so interesting because the mother was talking about when the girls went to school, she had to go talk to the school and peer support counsel um, these children that that these girls had a smell and it was because they have a disease and really helped kind of educate these this this classroom at a very young age so i found that very fascinating and and what that mother was doing was setting those children up for success in in the school environment um and she was kind of a pioneer so i can see like something as these children get older they have to advocate for themselves right um so something like this would be a good tool to help that and 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 feel comfortable advocating for yourself um so many people don't don't have the tools to do that
1: I totally agree, Katie. And I mean, again, my my mindset, you know, coming from a family impacted by Huntington's disease and testing positive for yeah. it is was okay. Well, I can either not do anything about it or get more involved. But sometimes people just need mm-hmm. the the helping hand of how to get involved, right? Or what what mm-hmm. are my options to get involved? And I think that's something that we you know long term want to also help provide is saying okay, here are your options of Fundraising, or here's your options for advocacy efforts. I mean, what intimidated me when I hear when I used to hear the word advocacy, I was like, oh, I I can't talk to members of Congress, like that's too much. But raising awareness, right, of like telling one new friend or telling your class or your new coworkers, that's still advocating and making a difference and making people more aware of yeah. what it's like to live with a, with a, a rare condition or a chronic condition.
0: Sure, sure absolutely and giving the people the tools to that I mean you know my brother um, was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis when he was one years old and um, our family just knew how to I mean our family came together and we advocated him for him as a young child um, my brother is Uh, what 11 years younger than me um so you know we learned treatment we learned how to do his treatments and we supported him but then when my brother became an adult he went off to college and played rugby and you know and he went to uc santa cruz and now he works for genentech and there's a lot of stuff that happens with my brother that um he has to advocate for himself he's a young adult now right he's in his 20s Mm -hmm. and um and I, I, You know, it's so interesting you're talking about this because it's making me think, like, how cool an organization like this is because when they're young, we we protect them, advocate for them, and support them as a family unit, right? Um, But then at some point, they fly, and they become their own person, and they have to still explain if you're living with a chronic disease. You still have to explain to your coworkers like you just said, Um, and you're dating and and all this about this disease, especially when there's genetic genetic factors like Huntington's disease and, and um, cystic fibrosis, even um, these are hard conversations that need support. Yeah. To be, you know, to I mean, support. You,
1: yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even yeah. just thinking about family planning, you know, what are my options now, mm-hmm. you know, if mm-hmm. it is a genetic condition or, you know, asking yourself for potential treatment, you know, Especially looking at Huntington's disease, for example, there's a lot of things in the pipeline that you and I are aware of. Well, when it comes down to it, mm-hmm. what are the what are the risks and what are the benefits for each one? What are the, you know, what are my alternatives to the potential treatment? What mm-hmm. can I do now mm-hmm. that may help? Um, you know, is it you know staying healthy, exercise? I mean, but more importantly, you know, do I want to do a one-and-done gene therapy, or do I want to wait until Something else comes that is an oral medication, or is it something you know an iV or a spinal injection? I mean, there's so many options, and I think educating them at when they're aware of it, so that if they do join a clinical trial, they know what their options are, what the risks are versus mm-hmm. the benefits and, and kind of trying to pick the best choice for themselves
0: mhm, mhm, absolutely so so Tommy, are you guys going to do like events I to talked about education like and support events like virtual and physical But like, are you guys going to do like awareness events or what does that look like in the future?
1: Yeah. So what we really want to do is want to grow. And and of course there's so many different unmet needs that you and I just briefly discussed among many more, but rather than trying to go in so many different directions, we want to really focus on this engagement of in-person and online meetups. So, uh, one thing we, we will be doing is focusing on in-person meetups in a couple different areas. So mainly in, on the East Coast to kind of grow that. So we're looking at D.C., we're looking at Philly, New York, Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, but I'm also going to be out at Global Jeans at their summit next month speaking actually on dating, ironically. And <laughs> um, we're actually going to try to do a meetup there as well. So we're really trying to drive those engagement factors of, of in-person meetups and then also planning on doing at least this fall two virtual conference meetups, um, whether they're topic-specific or kind of that open forum. But we also want to make sure it's not too big so that everyone has an opportunity or chance to connect and to really learn from mm-hmm. each other and essentially you know, make new friends or find a new support system. And we did actually one in-person meetup in philly uh in june and we had about 10 of us there and what was so amazing about that katie was after the meetup was seeing everyone just exchange contact information and whether it's like Mm -hmm. their social media or phone numbers and they kind of just are now staying in touch and hearing how much it helped them just know that there's other people out there whether it's the same condition or a different one going through a similar journey and you know, we also learned about each other's condition, but we also learned about tips and tricks mm-hmm. on dating and, and relationships and how to mm-hmm. build those relationships up and how to talk to others about it. So within that short time span, you know, learning about one another and how we are so alike really helped to build that strong relationship up and really connect people to to one another and to learn that you're not alone in your battle, especially, you know, I hate to say it, but with you know, mental health being such a big challenge in today's society, and then you add a health Mm -hmm. condition on, Mm -hmm. you know, two to four times more likely to have anxiety and depression and and feeling like, okay, this Mm -hmm. this stinks. I have no one to connect with or talk to. And now we're going to give them a platform or an opportunity to meet others because, you know, they may unfortunately be only connecting because of the rare condition or even the chronic condition or where they live. They may only be connecting with people who are older than them that are dealing with other needs or mm-hmm. people that mm-hmm. are younger than them and they're just trying to figure out where they fit into life
0: mm-hmm. absolutely okay. um, yeah you know i think that i think that you know we it's so for the hd community um you know i, I kind of want to talk about how the hd community can can get involved and how this can support the hd community of course um i think it's so interesting you know h d o is so so brilliant I, I i love all of you guys so much um but there is a very wide range um of of kids for instance my fifteen year old um it would be an h d o right um and talking about dating and this stuff is, a, is a, would be a little heavy for her age i i i'm just gonna act like that yeah. at fifteen she's not doing that um, <laughs> but but you know, so it's really, this is more focused on, on what, what kind of, what, what age groups are you thinking that this would meet? Great question. And
1: really, it, it is a bit of a large range. It is probably 18 to 35. You know, if you're 36, 37, 38, we're not going to say see you later. You know, we we want to include a, Of course, over the 18 or older, just because of your quote-unquote an official adult, even though as we all know, you grow up a lot faster when coming from a family impacted by a health condition. But, you know, obviously uh, 18, you you know, you can kind of make more of your own decisions. And within this, I think it's also trying to split it up. So, you know, if you're 18 to 21, you know, you're probably going to have a different set of needs than 23 to 26. And if you're 30 to 35, You know, maybe not only are you getting the support you need, but you're sharing your own experience to those that are younger to say, hey, I'm going to kind of mentor you. I'm going to help you out and advise you along your way. I mean, I think that's a huge Mm -hmm. thing that we can definitely get into, um, especially I think even in the Huntington's disease space where there are some people who are maybe in their early 30s who said, you know what, like, yeah, I want to give back. How can I give back? to hdo or help for hd or the hd community in general and maybe it's you know working with this younger group of those who are just starting college or just got getting out of college and saying here's what i've learned here's how i'm going to help you and and help you along your own journey um because again like i said Mm -hmm. katie we're not trying to take away from hdo i mean i sit on their board and i think hdo is doing amazing things especially with supporting young people and, and really providing that educational material, that social support, that professional support, more importantly. But what I, what I want to do, or I guess what we want to do with our odyssey is we want to add on to that and help even more if we can. Um, and maybe it's not mm-hmm. necessarily the HD community because there's an HDO, but unfortunately, there's not an HDO type organization for all these other uh, disease areas. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be like, well, maybe we can kind of rep- replicate some of the work that HDO is doing into these other um, disease areas and really, you know, take it to that next level.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And what a great, I mean, you guys have all worked together for so long and really built this model. So you definitely, you've been a, in the process of building this really good model um, with HDO and it would be really great if, um, if this model would exist for other, for other communities as well. Um, but then also learning, too. I think that there is, um, I, you know, my husband's on hospice, final stage of HD. Um, I, I'm freaking out about leaving next week uh, to go to Wichita because, or actually in, in two days, because um, they've told me it's a very short time that I have with him left. And, you know, it's so interesting. You get so wrapped up in HD. Um, it becomes your whole world and your whole life. And, um, and having a brother with cystic fibrosis. I know that there, there's HD is, is by far, I think, the most challenging disease out there, and it's because I'm living it. Um, but having a brother with CF and, and meeting these other communities, there are a lot of people out there facing challenges and having to learn how to navigate through these, these challenges and these life, this life uh, when living with, with a chronic illness. So I wouldn't say that HD wouldn't need this support because I think communities can learn from each other.
1: No, I agree. And I agree. I think we and, and that, we and that, approved that, that in the parking park. I think, Yeah. yes, no, definitely, Katie. And, that, and that's, that's the great power of, of connecting people with one another. And that's really what I learned because of the TEDx talk was I remember specifically a guy came up to me after and he said, listen, like, I come from a different, like, you know, condition. And even though that's the case, like, you know, you really inspired me to want to do something. And then from there, I met another young woman in the, uh, especially in, in the rare disease space. And we just started talking and connecting about similar challenges that we faced. And it just was like, wow, we are two people who actually are very similar because of what we had to deal with growing up and what we continue to deal with both positive and negative. And then from there, mm-hmm you know, meeting people outside of the rare disease space and the chronic space, such as Christina, my co-founder, and saying, wow, you know, we do share a lot of similar qualities. So, you know, it just got to that point where we realized, well, we can learn from each other and build off each other and really make a difference in the health space in general.
0: Yeah. Well, fantastic. This is i I can't wait to see this, uh, grow and, uh, continuing to add, you know, different elements to it as we always do as our, our nonprofit baby starts out as something little, and then it keeps getting bigger and bigger, um, which I can attest to for health ratio. So, um, congratulations. Um, and I am excited to, uh, to work next to you and, uh, and support you and, uh, anything you guys need. Um, is there anything else before I wrap up the show Seth? that we, we should, uh, we should touch on before I didn't, do did I miss anything?
1: Uh, no, I mean, I, I definitely appreciate you having, having me on the show and talking about our odyssey. I mean, you know, having a background in nonprofit to begin with having a master's in nonprofit management, mm-hmm. I actually told myself, I would never start a nonprofit unless there's a niche, unless there's a need. And, you know, I, I really try to work with other larger organizations to bring this to to life through them, because I said, you know what, you all are kind of already doing some similar work. Here's a different subpopulation, but it got to the point where due to, you know, the nonprofit life and limited resources that I realized the importance of getting this going is going to have to be through Mm -hmm. myself and through Christina. And that's kind of how it took off. But, you know, we, one of our values is collaboration. So we're always open to collaborate with, you know, individuals, as well as different nonprofits, for-profits, whoever thinks this is going to be of value to both us and them, we're we're willing to to sit down and have a conversation. And, you know, if if people are interested in learning more, they can go to www.ourodyssey.org. And the reason actually for the name, which I probably should have explained at the beginning, was we were trying to figure out what, what brings people together, what's inclusive and we didn't want to say it's mine or yours, but ours, cause we're doing it together. And the whole idea of an odyssey, which is a journey, you know, we're, we're doing that, uh, side by side, you know, and, and we're stronger together than as individuals. So that's kind of where the name came yeah. came across, but, you know, excited to see the next steps and this, I guess, odyssey.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I look forward to uh, talking to you more about it in the, in the future. Um, Let's uh, make some time definitely to do that. Um, And, uh, and thank you again for all that you do for us, our our HD community and speak and talk um, about Huntington's and continuing to bringing, uh, bringing awareness to these larger kind of organizations about Huntington's. Uh, We appreciate it. So um, yeah. And I think I can leave on that note, um, I am trying to think because I was, like, going off this show. uh, I was kind of thrown in. I don't know if I have any announcements. Oh, registration is open for October uh, 12th, uh, Las Vegas. That is where we are hosting our symposium. Um, And then Wichita, Kansas is this weekend. So if you're in the Wichita area, actually, our registration is completely full. I can't believe this. This is the first time it's happened. Our our registration is full and closed. Uh, We don't have any more space, but I can always – always squeeze some people in and sneak you in under uh, in one of my uh, bags so I'm just kidding if you really are in the area and you'd like to come please contact me and I'll make sure I I make that happen you can have my lunch Um, I would be more than happy to give that away so um, I think that's the only thing we have going on right now Um, and so tune in next week Um, I believe we're going to talk to a new pharmaceutical company um, that's coming on the scenes for HD um, and look close because I actually just was able to talk to Sage and they will be coming on soon as well to talk about their clinical trials. So stay tuned in the show. We have some exciting shows coming up. Seth, take care, and I hope to see you soon. Um, And to everyone, have a safe week. Thanks,
1: Seth. All right. Thanks again, Katie. Take care. You too.